torch because uh, I was thinking about right before the whole c- coronavirus thing started. They, uh, I feel real bad for what. I mean, of course you're, you know, you still probably, you know, keep tabs on them, but it's like that whole thing where they like they were supposed to be touring Europe and they had to come back and. You know, they lost about 15 grand and stuff. My condolences to Steve and, and, and Torch. Yeah, man. I, man, really I mean, it was, I'm hoping they're, I hope they reco- I hope they're recovering. Timing. I mean, that. I already knew about, I already knew about it's this. terrible for yeah, them. It's I already so knew bad. about the situation early. And knowing that, I mean, it, you, could, you, you just can't stop the tour. But, I, you know, they probably could have stopped, not gone there at all. And probably, I don't know if they could refund the tickets. I don't know how it works with. Everybody was confused at that point. This is back in like February and March and stuff. You, so you know, just- the ironic thing about that I was reading is that what overlaps is you guys encountered that. I think you were still in the band with the swine flu thing, or maybe, or, or is that you weren't, you had already left before then. Cause it's almost like a deja vu thing where that when they were touring, they were already wearing masks. And that's way back at the, the yeah, swine flu. Yeah, that thing was crazy. Point of view. No, I was already, I, I, I was at the out so of you, band at uh, at 2008, but you know that's the thing. Uh, my buddy Paul Masvidal from the band Cynic, he was doing a, a, an acoustic solo thing, mm-hmm. and he was out there too. And then I heard that uh, that Exodus and Death Angel were on tour also. And Cynic's drummer died. recently. Yeah, I mean too, that's that's March. super sad. We'll talk. Yeah, you know, terrible. Super sad. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the Death Angel well, yeah. guys yeah. while they were on tour, they those guys. Uh, Either them and uh, them and Exodus, some of the crew members started catching COVID without them really knowing that much oh, God, about it. God damn! And yeah, because it's re- it's the start of this, so w- no one knows that much about it. Yeah, so at that they point, were they were I like mean, it got to the point that I was uh, I heard I heard uh, I was reading that those guys started getting sick on the tour and they started feeling like shit, but they would still perform. And then the drummer. He got really, he got it really bad. You know, he's a bigger guy. He's a little bit, you know, he's Shit. overweight. So, yeah. so he was feeling winded. Yeah. Almost. And, well, he, he didn't he, get, he didn't I'm get just completely guessing. bad till he got back home. He ca- he came back. The tour, the tour okay. was cut off early because of it. All the sh- mm-hmm. all the dates started getting canceled, and he flew he flew home. And then when he was with his girlfriends, when he started feeling really bad. And then they then they took him oh, to the sure. hospital, and then he was uh, in in a coma. What do you call it? when they put you in a, they, when they put you under? God, oh yeah, yeah. They, they, induced they coma. Induced That's what coma. it is. is it, so and man, so the story he told so the story he told it. about the whole experience. He said he was having mm-hmm. weird nightmares that he saw. He met Satan, and Satan, and and in, in, oh, wow. in the form of a oh, woman. Shit. And he said that uh, you know. Okay. Well, if I had to meet Satan, I'd I'd rather it be in the form of, uh, I'd rather it yeah. be in the form of a woman. I know we're talking over each other, and it's not funny, but just you know, just a yeah. side note. If if I had to meet Satan, I'd rather it yeah. be a woman anyway. But he so said it wasn't home. like a pleasant experience. He was like fearing, fearing for even. Okay, so he, he was even fearing for his life anyway. within the dream, and okay. that's the thing. I remember, you know, I think uh, uh, COVID. 19 has has been causing a lot of people weird dreams and also the anxiety yeah. of everything that's going on around us you know i remember when when i first heard of covid i think uh you know i remember i was listening to a podcast with uh, joe rogan and he had a mm-hmm. scientist on i forgot the name of the scientist uh-huh. 
but he's the one he's the one that mentioned all right you know that this could be a very serious thing before before the regular networks or or anyone announced how serious it could be before the mainstream news was yeah. acknowledging I mean he was he, he already and, told and Joe he already Rogan, told it like it, yeah. like like it's actually happened you know he called it he called it perfectly okay. So he was like a prophet, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, he, he was, was telling people. He was telling people. Almost. You know, he I'm, was talking to Joe Rogan, and he mentioned that like probably like 150,000 mm-hmm. people are going to get affected by this, either either die or okay. or just catch it. And uh, and at that that's the point that I got serious. I'm like, look, you know, we better you know we better hunker down or. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I have a little I, daughter now, so it, shit, it, yeah. it makes it really scary for me, like, to think about her future. And, and of course, you know, my, I have a family now, so that puts it yeah, in a different yeah, perspective. Different. I see I see people that they're going out and they're still doing this and they're still partying and everything like that. And mm-hmm. In my world, I knew, no, this is going to be serious. But your you world know? has changed anyways. To, to, yeah. to that point. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. It's not so, like you're the same person that, that – it's different being solo and not having a care in the world that's to me, actually, yeah. you know, having well, a family. Do, but, yeah. And then you have to but consider you're more than for, yourself. For, for another life. Exactly. You know, yeah, so sense, we sense is responsible for several lives, but yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I'm as already you, a grandpa, you but uh, – but, You anyway. know, and a, and a, and a two-year-old uh, yeah, doesn't it. have the, the immune system, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's just like – yeah, now it's just like I'm like I'm just gonna stay in, write music, read books. You know, I learned I've been how to doing cook that a lot bit. in the last few years. I, I'm like pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, but that generated some great picks because I love that. I don't know who took the picks of you guys, and you're with the, your drummer. Um, his name is eluding me right now. If you could, but you're um Evan DePrima from Moon Destroys. That's so the project guys, I'm in right now. Yeah. yeah, you guys. There's a picture of you guys. You know, inside behind the window, behind the glass, and looking somber. And those are you have a couple of those picks, and they, those actually came out really good. I used one on the trailer, so I, yeah. I like- my buddy Paul Leroy, I asked him to come over and bring mm-hmm. his camera. And you know what triggered it? Also, um, huh. not what triggered, but what inspired it? All right. I saw a photo of Larry David, and they took it from outside the house, and you okay. can oh, wow. see him through a window, and he's holding it up. And of course, it's Larry David, shit eating, his shit eating green, <laughs> yeah. green. So he's got like, hair. he's like, oh my God, this shit, you know, he had mm. it in his face. So that inspired a photo shoot, you know? Okay. And uh, All right. so it kind of came out as something original for a band, you know? And yeah. everybody, and well, well, you know, not, not really because the, the doors took a photo like that inside the Morrison hotel. Yeah, they did. Of course. Okay. So yeah. I so I guess you could kind of relate it to that. But, yeah, uh, but this inside thing has affected you and so that you could do inner reflection and, and, and and, you know, do things that you normally wouldn't pay that much of attention to when you're touring and whatnot because you focused on your art. You're an artist. You actually did the, the cover work for your EP. That was yes. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you, man. Yeah. I don't and know then, how long you've been drawing. I, 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 know, I remember you mentioned that you stopped um, your art, that you've always been into art, but you took a break out of art to learn guitar. And then at some point, I guess you re, you got back to the art. So. That, to me, that implies that you it's were doing pretty well as an artist before you picked up the guitar. You picked up the guitar in junior high, so that means you've been drawing since you were, you know, in, in kindergarten or something like that. You know, most people could say kindergarten. Drawing, I mean, my mom, my mom has mm-hmm. uh, notebooks of, of me uh, drawing horses with a little with a marker, and of course, draw the pirate. And of course, one of Gene Simmons, which was hilarious. <laughs> For all the Gene Simmons pirate that would and the be turtle. Awesome. You should post that on your Facebook. No, it, it, it was 
it was it was so funny. I saw it recently. I'm like, damn, dude, I really loved this band when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. I mean, the the the, the affection that I have for Kiss mm. is because they were my first favorite band. They were the band that yeah. that you know a lot of cool things in my life happened while listening to this band. You know, either from like making friends to seeing concerts to meeting people to meeting girls to kissing girls. You know, it's just you know, like, I don't want to project, but it seems like Monstro was a little bit more of, I, I mean, kind of like that because you guys seem to have, whereas Torch was more like, you know, the whole mystique and stuff. Monstro is kind of a super group, is yeah, it not? We were, yeah. Danzig's drama. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Kyle I, I, Sanders, was, his brother is in Mastodon and all that, yeah. you know, but it seemed like you guys were projecting more fun and less... You know, Wes is a, a mystery just kind of like on making it more group on Monstro, well, the, if you would. Yeah, the cool thing was that when I moved to up to Atlanta in 2008, like, I, you know, that was the last year I was with Torch. And then right you away, you guys I moved started, up there as a band, right? That was a question. I No, never... no. There was two members down here. Uh, Steve moved up there also. Uh, but the two other guys stayed in Miami because I think one of them was still living with their with their folks. Yeah. Both of them were living with their folks. Exactly. You know, they were younger guys. So, yeah. And then um, when I moved up there, and then right away I got into this band that I'm like, whoa, these guys are serious about this. You know, yeah. I mean, tortures okay. are, are considered serious, but back then it was just kind of like, you know, they you guys they, had it, records it, it, out and stuff, but it wasn't. Yeah, but everything was know. still new. Like these guys handled touring to the point that they, you know, we were touring in a giant RV that we were, that we got on good tours that actually, like, you know, it wasn't like, and there's a connection you know, to Alice and Chains. I was, I yeah, was going to exactly. go to that show because I wanted we to see you them, open with, for them. Yeah, we we're touring with them, and and their singer produced our record, and then we toured with Dancing because he was asking about the band, and our drummer used to play with Dancing. So yeah, Bevan Davies I, was in Dancing. Yeah, yeah, and then I moved from one setting like a, a like a new band that was actually getting out to a band that's actually all seasoned guys. You know, yeah. except for the singer. The singer was like someone that I that I knew here locally, and I heard a demo of him singing. And I'm like, you know, that's Charlie and, you know, Suarez. Yeah, yeah, Suarez. Yeah, Suarez. I'm sorry. And, yeah, and then he sounded great, but he couldn't handle the tours, man. He was just like, you know, he had some some issues with uh, with handling, you know, the long road the long road of nothingness yeah. well like just you to said, get to a place you, you guys were a lot of seasoned guys so you guys yeah. have been through you know kyle was cycles. in a band with with vinnie paula pantera that hell yeah i think hell yeah toured also well the I'm, road isn't for everybody is what he's yeah. trying to say as far as this guy goes yeah you know as far as being a singer is what he's trying to say and what do you so do that, yeah. like, change the band's name if you replace the singer yeah i guess you know but yeah, you, he's he still, still part of Monstro, like, so you're kind of in limbo with yeah. that. Because the I band's mean, he, still together, I think, right? No, no, we we we've been on hiatus for a while. Okay. Yeah, Cause, but because it got to the up, point, though, but, it, it got to the point that he was having his personal issues, and and you know he just he just you know he I think he kind of he took a financial blow because you know the first couple of years you gotta like bite the bullet, you gotta like you gotta eat, you know. Yeah, no sacrifice, yeah, peanut no butter, and jelly you gotta, sandwiches. You got to sleep on floors then, in people's houses and, instead of hotels. Yeah, so you gotta, at that point, you got to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and if you can't afford the bread, you just pour it on your hands. You know? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, 
It's like how much how much for a wing? Uh, can you just pour it in my hand? You that what was that Chris Rock yeah. scene where it's uh, like I'm gonna get you sucker. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, let's move on. But uh, we get the picture. The point is, the road is for some people. The road is for you know some people who are used to it or whatever. But you got to make sacrifices to get gain, and you know, and that's just the way. Yeah, it is sometimes. and and in, and also in Torch, there was there was you know. There was a member that wasn't really feeling the road. He would, uh, oh. he, you know, he would, he would get onto, uh, into, you know, he would just get into these existential moments, and he just like kind of like we have like a seventeen-hour drive to get from Atlanta to Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like on on that on that drive, he just he just was having his moment, and it just like it was kind of like a bummer, dude. You had to pull it was over like a and big wedding. bummer, yeah. Oh, so yeah. So it's so he has he's has so much anxiety about the experience that he's not really coping with that well that he's projecting it on everybody. Yeah, because it's it's now really everybody's not for everybody, feeling man. a his, lot of people his a lot of people, energy and that is yeah. okay. All right, yeah. A lot of people talk about oh man, I want to be on tour, dude. But mm-hmm. a lot of people can't don't handle realize. it, dude. And then when it comes I down mean, to it, they're like, oh shit, this is yeah. The real after deal. the first week. After the first week, some people get really, you know, some, I think that's enough for a lot of people. You know what? After that, two it's weeks. It's crazy. It almost seems like, like you know, people that think they want to sign up for the service and they want to go to, you know, they think they're going to get through basic training. And then they get in basic training and they're like, oh, this shit ain't for me. It's almost oh, the same way. Oh, it was way. hard. I was in the but, army. Yeah. But but just to say that, that's people think the road's honky-dory. Then they get on the road and then and they get a new, a new education. It's like, oh shit, man, this is not because you know because you get you really get no privacy for yourself, none, and you can't you sleep know? the same way either. Even if it's whether it's privacy or not, your body and then is being, only used being to in the same yeah, being in the same auto, automobile every day for like six hours or seven hours around that the shit same just people. gets to you, man. It gets it gets to you, you know. You either learn how to how to take a super long nap and then just kind of like. Do something, you know. I would, I would, I would just sit in the van and I would just draw, you know. I would just draw, yeah. And we I should, would, or read a book or do something productive. In other words, yeah. you know, you develop coping coping mechanisms, but some people just don't. Dude, develop I'm like those. talking to my psychiatrist, man. He, he <laughs> like, I say something, you're like, well, in other words, I'm like, just, <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I, to tell you the truth, if I'm honest, I'm a musician, but I never hit the road, and I just have to project. You know, be in the mind when you guys are telling the stories. I just try to put myself there, and, and what yeah. I would do if I was in that situation, if I'm fucking going crazy, like you're saying, I'd be trying to busy myself. I'd be trying to do this. I'd be trying to do that or whatever. And either you're gonna, yeah. either you're gonna, either you're gonna sink or swim. Either you're you're gonna develop some way to deal, or you're not. And then that's what I hear you're saying about some people. You know, it's not. You know, it's not. It's not for everybody. But yeah, and obviously. And you you can cope with it and and your bandmates, but some people have fallen by the wayside, fallen soldiers, so to speak. Yeah, and then if you include an, an element of like being in a relationship, like if you're married oh, or if shit. you have a girlfriend, oh, it makes it twice as difficult. You know, imagine it's like you start missing the person, and then you're like you're wondering if if the other person's still fulfilled, even though you're mm-hmm. gone eight months out of the year. It's yeah. like they have to learn how to live without how to live without you being there all the time. 
So you know, yeah, two weeks it's, it's, is one thing, but then like four I months. I can understand like that. That would months, be stressful on a goddamn relationship because then she's thinking, there's no way this motherfucker's being faithful to me. You're away from me like eight months and you're a musician and I know there's groupies out there and how the hell, you know, what are you going to do when this chick throws herself at you? You're just going to tell me you just got this magic chick kryptonite that you just going to stay strong? Chick tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> chick tonight. <laughs> However, you know, I could imagine the, the fights that would develop between a relationship. But if you're playing you know? in a band that's like got mostly guys at an audience, it depends on like, you know, that could, there probably aren't going to be too many women around. I guess it depends on what kind of, you know. How so the, uh, when you've been on tour, did you have a, like how many serious relationships happen simultaneously on the times that you've been on tour? Like, like how many times did that sh- was extra stress to you? Uh, maybe two years, two okay. years out of it. The rest of the time, I, I think I was like the only single guy for a while. <laughs> you were the only smart and, guy. <laughs> and I was, enjoy- and I was so really enjoying, enjoying the benefits, you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, two of the guys from the relationships, one of them w- was, uh, was gay. So I kind of, was the only guy when the girls were attracted, I was, you know, I mean, yeah. girls were attracted to the other guy, but he wasn't like, he wasn't having, it, you know, he was like, yeah, but I can imagine know. just because you're gay doesn't bring you off the table. I mean, I, that he could be having a relationship yeah, but in too this, in and this, have the same but, problems. Like the, his boyfriend's on the other side. I never see you, you know, but just yeah, but at, that, <laughs> at that time it was, at that time it was a little bit more difficult, you know? Okay. I mean, the heavy metal world. Wasn't that accepting. Was mainly of, a dude's, a dude thing. Smiling next to you in toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah, of course. Women liked it. Women yeah. liked it. But, but you know, I remember in the 80s when I would go to concerts, there was maybe like like 10 girls out of like 200 people, people, you know? You know? I noticed that too. But now, in the last but now few it's years. a whole different thing. Now it's just like there's more girls in the in the industry there's yeah, more and they're women. Playing. And there's they're rocking more women. Just you can't even go to a morbid angels show and you'll yeah, see me, at least finish, thirty yeah. women. There's more women. We keep doing that to him. And he's like, yeah, you guys are. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the new. This is that, like the debate, man. You that's going to be the next. Right, the name yeah. of the name of the show will be. Let me finish, guys, because we keep cutting him off. Go ahead. Yeah, man. It's, like, it's like the debate, man. Our bad. Our bad. Crazy like that. We can't help. We can't help it. We're fucking retarded. We're we're surviving idiots. Go on, finish. All right. So, all right. So. I lost myself. No, I'm just no, saying. You're talking about the amount of girls about, at shows versus yeah, guys. Real, you bit, but now there's in. more women in the industry. There's exactly. more women involved in the in the in the manager side. Like my sister right now, she's working for for Tyler Scott, that uh, that big rapper guy who's uh, okay. You know, he's like a mega mega rapper guy. I've heard his music once. It's not for me, but you know, that's cool, dude. She's working. Okay. She's working. She's you know. She's, yeah. She's uh. She's in the you know, industry, and she's a she's, big. She's yeah. hardcore in the industry, man. Okay. She like, and it was all influenced for me from seeing me play. And she's like, I want to be in that, you know. So she didn't have she she wasn't able to play the music, but man, she got into the management side, and she's kicking ass. That's, that's Jessica, I love you. Shout out to my sister, Jessica. There you go. Yeah. yeah. What I was thinking is we also have that in common. I was in Atlanta like eight years, and you were there for about the same amount of time. You. You were there from 2008 up until 2016, and uh, you know we were talking before how you kind of lost your accent from being there too. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I noticed that with I, the Van Halen uh, podcast, you know, and stuff. But well, you know, I I still have it, but 
it comes you know, back here and there. I've noticed. I was living in Georgia, and very rarely did I speak Spanish. Like I spoke Spanish to my mom on the phone just to keep practicing it. But uh, but yeah, you know, I went up there, and I just you know, I think I also paid more attention to to speaking. You know, to to be clear when I speak. I was told I had know. a southern accent when I came back. <laughs> yeah, I don't see which that. Which is now. cool. I love it, man. I Do mean, I loved it. Well, I remember, you didn't know me before, so yeah. I remember I started working at a music store, and some guy called, and he had this this southern voice, but he yeah. was speaking so slow, like a really slow twang, you know. Yeah. And it was so cool. I was like, it's it's like so slow that it can kind of hypnotizes you when <laughs> yeah. people when when you hear that slow southern thing. It's almost like you you've heard it in songs before, but now it's somebody is actually on the phone with you. Saying what? it, so I was like totally tripping out. But at that point, like I said, I met guys that were professional. I mean, the 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 level, uh, you know, pro- musicians are on a whole totally different level over there. I mean, I love Miami, but yeah, you said that they t- show up for practice a lot more, and you're able to jam a lot better, less. Yeah, flaky. I mean, my experience in Miami. I mean, I met some cool, super cool people, but uh-huh. unfortunately, a lot of people are super flaky too, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why I think a lot of people have a hard time forming bands and sticking with the bands you know do you feel like the, here. the scene up in georgia is a little bit more um conducive of a, 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 a more of a community thing you got the college as, radio too yeah but so. that's what i mean like down W-R-E-K. here I, in south florida it's clicky and like a lot of times one band will play and then everybody will haul ass because they're just here to see that band they're not really here to you know support or you know hold up a scene or whatever and everybody's got their own things to go do you feel like uh the scene in Georgia was more conducive to our more overall scene, embracing of just you know the the rock culture in general. If you want well, to that's generalize the thing. I it, think, I I think they, they there was more venues, there was okay. more rehearsal spaces, and the radio, the, too. the networking was great, and there was there was also people like you know when I moved up there, uh, when when I played in Stallone with Evan, uh, we did we did ah, this whole Stallone. thing India. Yeah, we did this thing called Indie Atlanta, and they filmed the band, and they they filmed us, and then they mixed it that same day, and then it was out on their website right away. You know, it didn't take forever. Like, for instance, like the guy who, who's doing the Churchill's documentary who okay. disappeared with, every, with everybody's money. with he, he, They had a GoFund to do this movie, and that's he disappeared on him. You know, Shit. so that's the thing. Over there, when people, they commit, they commit hard. You know, they really commit to what they're doing with right. with a lot of dedication and a lot of heart. <laughs> That's you know? good. You know, it's I refreshing. still saw the clickiness when I lived in Atlanta, but my years were ninety two to ninety nine. So you were there from two thousand eight to to to, to sixteen. So times yeah. change too. So well, that's the know. thing. I mean, this town Miami doesn't really cater to rock bands. This this <laughs> town is yeah, it's course. like it's it's. A tourist town. Yeah, yeah. it's a party it city is. too. You know, and party party rock city, doesn't come equal here to, you know pe- party. People sometimes. come. Yeah, people come here to 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 go to the beach, to go mm-hmm. to South Beach. People come here to you know older people. You know, there's a lot of old people, so a the lot of people come here to either too. retire or you know there is a there's a young audience. And the cool thing about Miami scene is that. It doesn't really have clicks that much. I mean, the, yeah. the rockers hung out with the punkers and the hip hoppers, and you know, and all and that the together, and the, and the indies and the gothics. Like I knew all those people growing up, which was great because you know 
there's so many there's a such such a small amount of us here that yeah. you know that we have to kind of connect so that that was my favorite thing about Miami I made made some really cool people and you know and I still have friends from So you're saying that in the present as and in the past is what you're saying cuz I I mean everybody's uh, uh experience about South Florida of course is is from their own perspective you know so yeah. yeah and also there was a lot of bands that had a hard time getting out you know of course the state is like it takes you 10 hours to, just you know, to get out of Florida <laughs> to get so, out of you know say you know 10 hours damn. you know it's so, so it's long. just like you would the stop off in so Gainesville. fucking long yeah yeah and then Gainesville I had to had make that drive cool. from Atlanta down to South Florida when I moved back here in 99 I was like man I couldn't see trying to play shows doing this crap yeah yeah i mean there was a uh, gainesville scene that actually had more of the mentality of of the atlanta scene yeah all my you siblings know, went there i'm the only one that didn't go to gainesville yeah so that's a cool thing but a lot of people didn't make it down here you know i think melvin's melvin's played down here uh like i saw them during the bullhead tour like in 91 and there was like 10 people here. So you think that would make a band want to come back? No. And they finally you know? did in 2006 with the two drummers. I, I saw that show. Or was it 2007? Yeah. But I mean, look how long it took. I mean, it took it took them, um, you know. I don't know almost, if they played shows in between that time. I came back in 99. So. Well, they did play with L7 at the Cameo. Oh, and yeah. I think that they played. Been a while ago. And they played with Primus. I think, I don't know if that was the same tour. But uh, but no, they, can't, they had to cancel one of the shows because Buzz was sick. So it sucked because it was with Gwar. They were supposed to play with Gwar, and then Gwar. they canceled. Wow! Oh, I saw Gwar. That the Devil Driver guy <coughs> attacked me. The, uh, you you know who about Devil Devil Driver Juan? Have you heard of them? Devil Driver, yeah. Yeah, their singer was got kept. They were open for Gwar in two thousand seven, and I think it was one of their first tours. And um, there, somebody came with a banner that said Dildo Driver. So mm-hmm. in between every song, he was yelling at the guys like, you piece of shit, I'm going to come kick your fucking ass, blah, blah, blah. So basically, when the Devil Driver got done, I was telling a friend of mine about the story who had just walked in. He missed all the other opening bands. He just got there in time to see Gore. And next thing I know, that singer is like grabbing me. He's like, where is he? Where He's like almost started a fight with me. And he's like half my size. He's like shorter than Danzig. And it's like, he's like, where Damn. is he? And I was like, I don't know the guy. I just, I'm just talking about telling my friend about what happened at the show. And then he was looking right through me. Like he didn't even know who, like he didn't even see me. And he, he started going like to other people. Where is he? Where is he? You know, like one person after another. But anyways, it's just, it's just, yeah, I, that was crazy. Yeah. So going back to what I was saying. <laughs> Yeah. So then when I moved up to Atlanta, like they had, you know, for instance, we have our Churchill's and I think that was the last thing we had standing for yeah. as a rock club. Right. And it's on the line right now. I know I've you never know been about, to Gramps, though. There's a couple. Uh, other yeah, exactly. Places. Well, continue talking about let me, Churchill's. Guys, let me finish. No, okay. Yeah, let me finish. Let me finish, guys. So then <laughs> you guys were like the debate, man. Really? So then I, I, and we got to be relevant with history. You started out with history. We're just mirroring what's going on in history. So uh, as you were, as you were. Yeah, but you're sidetracking too. So then, uh, so, so then talking about like when I moved up there, Mm. like for instance, there were, there was like so many clubs that were like Churchill's vibe and even like restaurants had jukeboxes with like, Good music, like in Miami, when you like, especially in the nineties, when you went somewhere to eat, they mm-hmm. they 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 were blasting house music or or mm-hmm. trance music, super loud while you were trying to eat. I'm like, dude, this isn't this isn't music to like eat to, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
Like, it was crazy. So, so it was kind of annoying this? eating down here. And then when I moved up to Atlanta, like you got, you ate at this bar. They, you know, mm. bar served really good food over there. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you 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 discover a jukebox, and it still has like super cool stuff from like the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Mm. And then you could set up your whole eating, eating. You know, your whole like entertain your whole evening with really good music. You know, I saw Sun Ra in a jukebox in Atlanta. I was like, wow, how did that end up there? But it's because the bar liked the music. So, yeah, so and then and and then for musicians also there was there was like like for instance there was a place called the Thunderbox where at, at that time Mastodon and Black Lips and and the Horse and all these yeah. other bands that are pretty big name they were all rehearsing there and imagine you know over here when you find a rehearsal spot maybe there's like three or four rooms where you can rehearse over there they had over sixty rooms with like at least three or four bands in each room. Wait, did you say you know, Black sharing? Box? Thunderbox. Thunderbox. Oh, it used to be called Black Box when I was there. Unless they changed the name, it might be the same place. Yeah, unfortunately, they kept the box. Unfortunately, those places are gone because right now Atlanta's going through like the whole thing of like they're opening up malls, they're opening, you know, they're 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 tearing down stuff. Even like the Masquerade, that legendary place. Oh, that's uh, gone too. There used to be a bread factory or something like that, I, I believe. Yeah, because you know, they kept that stuff outside. I I. I been to the masquerade numerous times yeah nirvana yeah. played there like in 91 i saw, I saw that show the melvin's there no yeah, i saw a bunch awesome, of shows man. there i even worked at the masquerade for a few months super cool yeah, yeah so that place is gone now it's gonna wow. be some like you know they even they were supposed to try to keep at least a portion of it uh because it's like a historic historic wow uh, i thought that like, place would never close the star bar closed recently too yeah that's yeah terrible. it's just that like place is a lot of forever yeah. Well, a lot of places are closing down. Unfortunately, we don't know what's going to survive after all of yeah. this. You know, especially the the indie places. You know, the self owned. You know, small business places. Oh man, that, small that cater to the bands are taking such a fucking hit over this crap. It's unreal. Yeah, it, it's a sad thing. It is. So, but at the point that when I moved up there, it just had like all these bands, all these different bands. Mm-hmm. You know, all these different venues. And so many bands came through the area because they, they would play like the Carolinas or D.C. And then they would play Everybody Atlanta, plays Atlanta. And then they headed towards uh, New Orleans. So, yeah. I, I saw uh, thousands uh, of shows in Atlanta when I was there. Like I went out to see live music five nights a week for like four or five years in a row. That's I mean, the thing. Every that's, night. That's, that, was, was, you know, that was really enjoyable for me. Cheap shows like, too, to be like able $5 to, like, shows. Yeah, because I, I wasn't like – a big drinker or anything like that so to go to like a regular bar mm-hmm. you know it was fun but you know uh, you know i'd rather see the music yeah and, i was and, I was, and it catered to what i wanted you know it was awesome it was like really good bands you the know first few first months night- in atlanta i didn't i didn't drink at all i'd smoke a cigarette watch the band i would be by myself i didn't know anybody it was just like i was only there to watch concerts for the first Half a year that I was there, pretty much. But it was edifying yeah. your soul as far as musically. You dude, came there went, to I, absorb like, music, and you and you got that fix, right? Dude, I just I just moved there. I moved my stuff in. I ate something, mm-hmm. and then right away, a friend of mine invited me to a show, and I went to see the Dirt Bombs, and mm-hmm. then that's when I, I got that. the feeling like I'm at the right place. Okay. I yeah. felt great about it. And I really, all the years I lived there, I had I had a great experience, man. I got to see a lot of my touring friends. I got to, you know, uh, a lot of them don't make it down to Miami, 
you know, no, went towards with tour. I wanted to see to Mission to Burma there. and they never played Miami. Yeah. And then when I, when I, you know, when I, when, uh, when I started playing music, I started playing with the Monstro guys, but around the same time, that's when I met the drummer in Moon Destroys. His name's Evan DePrima. Yeah. Oh. And he was a younger guy, but he wanted to get serious also, man. So I'm like, and he was such a good drummer. I mean, I think he has the vibe of like Dave early Girl. Dave Girl, like when yeah. Dave Girl was a Nirvana and, and he's just like, he's a killer, man. He's solid mm. as hell. And he's like, really, he's pushing the band pretty hard, man. He has a lot of really cool connections and we're accomplishing a lot. Now, how, the how short, far into in Atlanta sh- did Torch no, disappear I'm glad that he segued into that because I'd like him to elaborate on Moon Destroys because that's the present. I mean, we've been talking, you know, past and, but we should talk about the the future or uh, present well, I mean, into I'm, the future, I'm, which Moon Destroys is the present, which you guys are stretching into the future. I, I imagine you guys had a tour set up and you have to postpone it because of this COVID thing. But, you know, Maiden's Voyage is the EP. I listened to that. Man, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I'd like to play. I'd actually like to play a fucking play a song from that. I don't I'm not sure if I if I put it on 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 the iTunes and played it, if it'll come through, that would be like a live experiment. But are you willing to try to do that experiment? Where- Are we going to do like director's cut? Yeah, we're going to go on forever. But okay, well, let me finish. Uh, we don't let have to talk talking. about. The, we don't have to listen. Yeah, to the let song. me finish talking about like how uh, what I what, what I was saying. Uh, okay, because you brought up Moon like, Destroys, so that's why I said. Okay, it, yeah. Know. So I met I met Evan, and uh, we started a project called Stallone at the time, and yeah. we were doing kind of like you know this kind of like i guess at the time it was kind of there was a lot of math rock going around i like that video like that. you guys did mm-hmm. yeah so then i let me uh so then we started playing music and we kind of had that cool feel mm-hmm. and and we also did a lot of improv improv stuff All right. which was kind of like caters to the stuff that i really i started off doing back in the in the early 90s which i love and i still love you know Till, till now mm. so we mixed songwriting and then with parts that were improv so it was just like a really cool experience but uh you released you know, that ep that um that you're talking about that demo that's another demo plus uh, a lot of stuff uh, is on vinyl too almost every other band you've played in for the last decade or two yeah is, but to keep it vinyl at one going. topic from one topic to another he just started talking about you know the ep so yeah, at, so at that the Stallone thing, uh, I, before we move up onto that, I just wanted you to elaborate because you just released that after Moon Destroyers. Am I am I correct? Yeah, well, it's the same. It's the same drummer. Like we had this band going on before, and then uh, we took a break because I was touring a lot with Monstro at that point, and I was doing it while I was in Monstro. And then Evan ended up joining Royal Thunder, which was a band on Relapse. Yeah, and at that point, like we kind of lost touch for a while. Torches on relapse rec- now too. Yeah, so yeah, but we're not talking about them right now. We're talking I about. I know. I just <laughs> I added that. I threw that in. Yeah. Well, that's so one then, of the uh, things we're doing. We're just, you know. All right, let me finish, guys. Guys, you're interrupting. <laughs> well, there you set us straight. We're quiet. Go. <laughs> all right. All right. So then, uh, it's prison rules up in this motherfucker. No, go ahead. I'm, just, I'm fucking around, man. Go ahead, man. Just... Uh, so then, uh, so then when I started playing with him, we kind of we disband mm-hmm. because we all we, we were both 
you know, playing and touring bands. Stallone was more like a project that we did at home. And your singer didn't want to tour. You know, just to keep ourselves entertained while we were back at home in between tours. So we took a break. And then while I was living, I moved down to Miami to have my child. Uh, Evan stopped playing with Royal Thunder. And then we kind of touched base again. And we talked and we decided to start a whole, uh, you know, we were going to start Stallone again, but we decided to turn it into something else because we wrote all these songs. And while we were writing the songs, we decided, man, we should add vocals to these songs. So, you know, we didn't have a singer at the time. So we just invited some of our closest friends to, to sing on the track. So we ended up having Troy Sanders from Mastodon. He sang on a, on a song called blue giant. And then, uh, I heard that one. And then, and then I was also a big fan and friends with, uh, Paul Masvidal of Cynic. So I called him up and and I mentioned to him, I'm like, man, I would love for you to be on a track. And I sent him the music. Stormbringer. And, and, yeah, Stormbringer. And then within two weeks, he came up with the vocals for it. Yeah, and it sounds and it, great, by the way. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like it never really happens like that. It never happens like when you want to collaborate with somebody else, you send them a track. And then all of a sudden, like months down the line, it's like, yo, bro, you got that track? You know, hit me back with that track. No, but he like within two weeks he came up with this amazing, you know, vocals, harmonies. We were able to compile at least, you know, we recorded a bunch of songs, but we decided to do an EP at first to introduce the band. And you know, I did the artwork for it. You know, we got a label. We we're working with Bloody Bloody Panda. Yeah, I and like that uh, name. yeah, they do exclusive, you know, exclusive. Uh, vinyl yeah like i brought up which is cool you know short uh, limited runs of you know from bands that they really like you know it's not like a a a bigger label or anything like that too which is cool a lot yeah a lot of the torch stuff is on color a lot of your stuff is on color vinyl must be nice yeah i mean that's my artistic size also you know i love that you you definitely want to have it and then uh you know we we geared up for the record we mixed it down with joey jones and uh and marietta who who also does bands like Cloak, and he he's also did Royal Thunder with Evan. Mm-hmm. So we got it all steam. We got it. We got everything together. We were excited about it. We got it. We got it. You know, we had the band. We everything. You know, it took a little bit longer, but we managed to to get, to get everything together. We found the label. We we had the record ready, and then here comes the pandemic. The pandemic. Oh, you man. know, but we decided to, At least to you release the Europe. record because we. <laughs> We relied, We decided to release the record because, you know, we felt that a lot of people are just going to listen to it. And, you know, and if it makes people's life a little, you know, if it touches their life a little bit, you know, if they felt it, it, it kind of like it would help them out through the rough time also. You know? uh, yeah, exactly. And plus, it's Cause, something cause you can I mean, listen that, to at home. You don't have to go to the concert. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, which I mean, we no would love to do a anyways. concert, but I mean, at least we had the record. Hold on a second. You could probably pop into. Hey, baby, what's up? <laughs> do, do you want her to say something? Let her talk on the show. I that was something I wanted to do. Say, Dinah's Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> wow. Are you putting her through an echo? <laughs> Did you guys catch that? It, a little bit. We heard her like running out almost. It yeah, was like I it started. See, I wanted to. It, it was like a crescendo. I wanted to talk then, to her for a little bit, but she's because she, she ran. She ran. She said <laughs> "Happy Halloween," and she just started 
She called ass. That's what it sounded like because like, we hear like happy and then it just kind of like <laughs> descended as she ran out. No, I had that in my mind She's a couple like, days ago. I wanted to have her talk on the show. <laughs> that was awesome. Say, hold on. She like, when she said that, she knocked my headphones over and I got to piece fine. them back together. Hold on. <laughs> so going back to it, uh, let me see. I was talking about Evan and uh, yeah, we released the record, the Maiden Voyage and it's uh you know, it's an EP at first to introduce the band, and we saved some of the other songs for uh, for for later releases, which is cool. And which uh, made him voyage. I don't mean to cut you off, but is made him voyage a nod at something? I thought it was the the um the Miles Davis album with Herbie Hancock, or you know. No, it's our record. Oh, okay. Well, I, no, I'm just saying. No, the title. I was wondering if because you got he had, it from no, another book. Doug or story. had a theory. That's that's why I brought. it I up. I thought maybe you just would. He giving thought Miles, it was a like nod a to shout Davis. out or a nod yeah. in his direction. That's all. But yeah. at least that clears the air. Anyways. No, I mean I I love Miles Davis and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, and all that and all that jazz. <laughs> all that jazz. Yeah. But uh, Baited Voyage, I think it was just like an introduction, our first, our first, you know, our first flight, our first journey, our first, you know, our first takeoff. Okay. All right. Actually, it might have been a Herbie Hancock album. I'm not sure. You know, I guess maybe <laughs> I yeah, might have but, screwed that well, up. <laughs> well, anyways. you know, the people <laughs> listening to the podcast, make sure you also buy our record along exactly. with the Herbie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not. Exactly. No, I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, but it, it was just that he thought it, you guys were doing like a nod to this or that. And, that and then, of and course, I had to freaking forget no, which it was. No, it was just, we just <laughs> decided to call it that. I, I think I might have read it somewhere and I'm like, man, that's super cool. It's a good title. You know. Yeah. And then, uh, and the artwork know, phenomenal on, on I, I love that drawing, you know, the, and, and, and the shades of the blue and all that. It, it really looks, you know, it, it suits the, the atmosphere or the mood of. I had fun taking EP. liberties on your artwork, Juan, like making all the colors from a black and white drawing with your face. That was kind of fun. Well, that's a different picture. That's not the. the <laughs> I know cover it's not the same one. No, it's, voice, it's still, yeah. but it's still. Oh, uh, yeah, it's that's, still, that's it's still Moon Destroys. Yeah, the, the the black and white drawing with the lightning bolts. That's actually going to be a, a T-shirt. That well, I mean, it is good. It is no, going to be a T-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. We're uh, we're we're doing pre-orders right now through the Moon Destroys Bandcamp. So please make sure to order one because it's going to help us uh, finance the next record. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, taking pre-orders right now. Check it out. Well, then what and was then, supposed uh, to come out today then? Oh, today we released uh, a couple uh, demos that we had from like 2009. Oh, okay. That some of them I even forgot we had. That's like still Evan Moon Luck- Destroys, though, right? When it was still yeah, on? Moon Destroys. Yeah. yeah luckily, uh, well, I mean, it's part of uh, part of Destroys uh, of Stallone. I mean, that's also. what I figured. Moon that's what Stallone. I was to, <laughs> that's what I was trying to bring up with the EP because I downloaded the EP of Stallone. Besides Moon Destroys, it was a separate thing altogether. And I was listening to that. It was more on the instrumental side, and and you know, uh, as far as the music, the mus- musicality of the thing. Like I heard like some background vocals and all that, but it sounded more of an instrumental type thing with um with the saloon. Yeah, totally. I mean, because I really love you know cinema and 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 soundtracks. Yeah. So I kind of like I really enjoy instrumental music. Because yeah. of that, yeah. you know, like when I first saw The Shining and and that intro music, that that was amazing when they're driving up to the resort. Oh yeah, classic scene. Yeah, 
Well, they're not. No, it starts off with the roads to the resort. Yeah, it's and then like the a chopper off, looking down, right? On, on yeah, know. like a copter looking okay. down, and it and it uh, and it fades into other views of the mountains. So that's that that scene, and then all of a sudden they start in the apartment when uh, when Danny was talking to his friend, you know, in the mirror, okay. and then and then he had the episode, and then later on is when they drove through those mountains. But in the beginning, the introduction to the movie was was those mountains and that was like the coolest most eerie you know eerie yeah. music you know so i was really that like a big inspiration for the stallone's instrumental theme throughout almost that movie or that's just one particular example of that's know. that's an example but i mean yeah that's my that's probably my that was my favorite movie for a while yeah it's um, great fucking it probably great. still is around the same time when I heard when I heard you know the soundtrack to that movie, and then I really got into the Conan the Barbarian movie, and that had a, an amazing soundtrack also. So you know those are the first two movies that I saw when I was a kid that I'm like, man, the music it was so important in the movie. So you know that that triggered my love for 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 it, for soundtrack movie. Well, not to mention in the whole indie world, you have some of the uh, the bands like Pelican and Isis, and they're doing like heavy music with more instrumental stuff too. I mean, I mean, then you could go back to the '90s and the math rock with Don Caballero, and you know, it seems like instrumental music is kind of you know it comes back and forth, you know, as far as rock bands. go. Yeah, and I was also doing that with Ed Matusa Struggle before exactly, we even yeah. had the name. Back in like ninety, and I think you guys played with Don Caballero, or that was Floor, or something like that. I know Steve. No, I don't was, think you were was, in that lineup though. It was Edmund to Struggle. We played with Don Caballero at uh, two thousand one. Yeah, I was in at Miami. Yeah, I, I went to yeah. that. So I mean, I, I still, I still love that, and Evan digs it too. And uh, so we've just been writing this music that just has a lot of, a lot of flavors, a lot of, a lot of, it, you know. A lot of moods and uh and i hope people get it i hope people dig it too you know i mean yeah. it's so weird because a lot of people listen to to music and i i think they're waiting for the singer to sing or and even like music that gets more attention is like vocalist music yeah you know yeah exactly I, it's it's so weird because sometimes i feel that uh that people you know when they listen to music some of them don't really understand the music till the vocals come in Hey, so, you know, Juan, man, it, it was great to meet you. I know you and uh, Doug have history. This is the first time I'm actually talking with you literally today, you know, on on this co phone call. And, yeah, I know we can be a pain in the ass. I know we <laughs> run our mouths and we can drive. We're, it's it's funny because we're supposed to be interviewing people and we're like, well, uh, did you, do you want to just talk with yourselves or do you want me on the fucking show or what are you guys doing? I know we could fucking get – that that intense sometimes, so you know. Just, well, you know, I, are I, I bad wanted, for that. You know, I, I, I kind of prepared myself because I listened to Ray uh -huh. Sousa's episode. Okay, Ray Sousa, who plays yeah. what? Um, what's <laughs> no. the, the John was, Denver yeah. Fight Club? Denver Fight Club. <laughs> Austin, and uh, I love I love him. He actually helped me get a job in the in the in the instrument field okay so right. you know he, he helped me get a job a while ago and i'm always grateful to him i hope i hope he knows that you know i hope oh, he listens well, to this he, yeah, but i love listens. that guy that guy's that guy's phenomenal he but was so I, much I heard fun the podcast, when he came in. 
and he and I kind of prepared myself through you know for it because yeah because he's guys- ready to go he's so fucking punk so he's like I'm so down you guys and he told us before the show he's like I know you guys talk over each other and you talk over everybody else or whatever so he and made it like, a point to talk over like, me every time yeah he's like he didn't fuck like me. you guys I'm <laughs> with it let's just get in the ring let's do it and get it over with so and Joey Meyer yeah. was good too so uh, we've been pretty good lately. Yeah, and we try not to be that way it's not it's we can't help our energy we have this explosive fucking energy. And, you know, of course, you know, you, you get it's it. It's great, but it's just it's just difficult because it's of just course. like when and you listen to that podcast, you're like, what the hell's going on here? And you try to you try to get familiar with a voice. But then all of a sudden the other voice comes in and it's just like you guys go like, whoa, what's going on here? It feels like you're in a in the middle of a fight or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If that's I'm going to challenge you to a fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of went along with that episode because you know Ray has that punk energy and and, and you know like you heard him throughout the thing and how oh, he dude, but he's and such I, a good storyteller yeah. man he I mean, is he, he's great he's articulate you know and, and the whole nine yards and like and you he, said, he, he, I got a, him to t- tell the stories I wanted to tell him to tell so yeah so even though he kept cutting me off long story out. short we know that we could be difficult <laughs> to, to come onto the show so kudos yeah you know, fuck you're you brave. guys man <laughs> <laughs> Guys are are dicks. Yeah, so, but hey, man, you did great, and we know we don't fucking make it easy, but but very... I'm very glad to have met you and and for you to tell, you know, your story on, on the show or a lot of your stories and, and whatnot. So and as far as anything you'd like to tell anybody to to look up, you know, where to find you, find your next project or whatever, you know, you want them to to, to, to hear, you, you know, go ahead. Let them know where to find you and, and what you're up to. Well, I mean, you can follow the, our band camp and you can buy our, uh, some record if you like the music. And uh, Colored it's Moon Vinyl. Destroys. Yeah. Look up Moon Destroys band camp. And uh, we're on Instagram, you know, uh, same, just Moon Destroys. And I do my art page through uh, Instagram also, uh, Montoya Black Magic, my last name. And uh, yeah, man. Buy some art, buy some music, buy some yourself, prints, uh, buy some posters. It'll yeah. make you feel the real Bowie good. The poster's gone though. But great yeah. <laughs> music and and great art, and the combination, the symbiosis of the, of that is that is that EP. There's not know, enough of that. Ma- made in voyage. You could see the the great art is is telling the story of the maiden voyage that you'll actually hear, you know, through your earphones or through your speakers or whatever your preference is to listen to. It's just a great EP. And then besides that, the Stallone EP as well. So, I mean, and it's Yeah, we just released it today, so... So we appreciate you coming on to the show and gracing us with your presence, man. It was a a great experience. It's probably better for us than it was for you. And it was fun for me to catch up with you, Juan. It was great, too, man. I appreciate that. It's all right, guys. All the Atlanta Atlanta history is, (laughs) you know. All right, I guess that's... that's Everybody out there be safe. Savant and the idiot is signing off. Signing off. Cheers, everybody. Later. All right.